Okay. We are uh, honored with the presence this morning of Mr. Warren Treesman, who is uh, actually a dear friend and a uh, community builder extraordinaire. And for purposes of this uh, conversation, he is uh, an attorney and a volunteer teen court judge. So good morning, Warren. How you doing? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. The uh, 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 I'm trying to think uh, how long you have been volunteering as a teen court judge. <laughs> I think it's coming up on like maybe 12 years. In a long time. Could it be that long? Yeah. <laughs> a long time. But in any event, so how did you get involved in teen court? <laughs> uh, we were talking about it at coffee one day, and um, it sounded interesting to me. And I started out my career as an attorney, as a prosecutor for the city of San Diego. And so the idea of seeing an alternate to a standard prosecution sounded interesting to me. Great. And uh, <clears throat> so we started, what were your first impressions of the teen court when you uh, all these many years ago started? <laughs> well, you know, the, we start, background is important with these things. So um, you were telling me about the population that you were dealing with in terms of working at the various high schools and that it was a very diverse crowd, that it was a crowd that didn't universally speak uh, one particular language, yeah. uh, that the socioeconomics were varied uh, substantially. So when we talked about it, I, I really couldn't imagine how you could accomplish it with that level of diversity, just to be able to rope in enough information to be able to effectively get it done. And I was very happily surprised that these kids are really intuitive and smart. Um, you know, they're dealing with so many different things uh, and they can relate so much better to these teen offenders than adults can. Um, just was very successful. I, I thought it was amazing when I watched it the first time. Well, um... Yeah, just for the viewers, there is a section uh, about teen court is what it's called under the about uh, heading on the uh, homepage. Uh, and there's also a uh, uh, copy of a presentation of some youth advocates who put together a, uh, a proposal for state legislation to fund teen courts which was re really moving along quite uh, nicely until uh, COVID hit and put the skids on like everything. But there is also in the resource page, uh, a copy of a slide presentation, which really outlines what teen court is all about. And hopefully someday soon, these student advocates uh, who will be replaced by uh, succeeding classes will, uh, you know, pick up the flag and uh, carry on the battle forward. Um, as a matter of fact, I have no doubt that, uh, that they will. But so for the uh, viewers, 
there's a bunch of stuff in the resource page that will tell you more about the mechanics of team court. But, and I love your impressions. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how sitting from the bench you uh, came to these conclusions about the kids' uh, brightness? And, well, uh, when I first heard about it, I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to go in, I'm gonna have to lead everything and you know I'm gonna have to ask a bunch of questions I'm gonna have to really be on it to make sure the kids do everything right and it, I was just completely wrong about that um, the kids knew exactly what they were doing they, they you would train them well um, and not only just train them well but also they understood even better than uh, than I did the overall goals of what you were trying to accomplish. I'll give you an example. Um, I was fishing for um, some way to describe how they were going to sentence somebody, uh, one of the defendants. And I said, uh, we need to figure out how we're going to punish him. And <laughs> they, they said, no, we're not punishing. We are, <laughs> we, we are providing a way to uh, accomplish social justice. So it's very funny, you know, I, I, um, I appreciate the kids very much. They really have yeah. a sense of what they're, uh, what they're up to. Yeah, no, no punishment, accountability is, accountability. The, uh, yeah, is, is the key word there. Um, and why, how do you think, um, See, to me, it's such a win-win proposition um, that everybody involved in the process, all the students, uh, be they on the side of the court, you know, the jurors, the bailiffs, the uh, clerks, and, um, you know, versus the, uh, uh, the their treatment of the accused or the defendants. Um, uh, you talk about intuitive, the kids are intuitive and, uh, the, and how they understand each other. It's uh, what kinds of things led you to those, I think, very accurate conclusions. Well, you have a, um, so each of the accused, um, I, we say accused kind of tongue in cheek because to get to that point in the process, they already have, um, they've already claimed responsibility for what they did. And uh, really what the kids are trying to do is figure out, I say kids, I shouldn't, shouldn't say kids because these are young very adults. sophisticated young uh, adults. Um, but I'll give you some examples. So uh, really with the cues, we see a lot of a lot of variety. Um, some of these, some of these uh, people come in with an attitude that they haven't done anything wrong, that they are just, you know, doing the normal stuff. Um, you know, as I get caught with uh, with a weapon, well, people have to have weapons, you know, because it's dangerous. They get caught with some uh, some drugs. Well, yeah, you know, everybody's you know got drugs. I mean. Uh, um, so 
there's that kind of side of the spectrum where they come in sort of with an attitude they don't really get what is going on, why they're being called to, to justice, so to speak. Um, and then the other side of the spectrum is there are um, offenders who come in who are just completely cowed by the idea of having to appear uh, in any kind of situation. They're just, uh, they don't want to be um, in the spotlight. They, they're embarrassed that their parents are there or a parent is there or that they're just going in front of these other young adults who are um, seeing seeing them in in this sort of negative light, um, and so with each of these different uh, types of, of approaches, the students seem to be able to sort of get it pretty quickly in terms of you know the questions they ask. You know, the, all of, all of this is led by the students, so the students are asking questions of the offender. Uh, asking questions of the parents, uh, and I, you know, I, I jump in occasionally with a question here or there, but most of it I let them do themselves, and they really get to the meat of what's going on pretty quickly. After they're done and they go back to the jury room and they come back, I really see that they've seen what was going on because, you know, we'll see them um, give a sentence where they have to write an apology letter to a parent or to a person who they injured in some way, or they have to uh, attend some kind of uh, training of some sort, like going to meet with a, um, a school psychologist or something like that. Um, and you sort, of, you sort of get where they're going because of the way the um, offender has sort of responded to it. And, and sometimes, Legitimately, the, the kids don't think that um, the offender did much wrong, and so they'll give them a very light sentence. Sometimes they're much more uh, detailed sentences. Yes. That's you know, one of, one of the amazing parts about it to me is the kids all know that if they go to the, um, you know, if they don't, if they have the option for team court and they reject it, and go through the system uh, for a first offense, they are likely uh, to have to do nothing other than be on probation and see a probation officer occasionally. Uh, the kids, on the other hand, require uh, affirmative and positive things to do in the nature of community service or um, uh, you know, something to make the community a better place and uh, hopefully have them understand their role in the community. Um, and to me, it's, it's wonderful. One of my favorites is when they sentence a young person to go through teen court training and participate as a juror in a specific number of cases as part of their sentence. And uh, again, what's further amazing to me is that many of those kids after they've done their five or 10 cases, they still show up and become uh, an active part of the ongoing process. And uh, that's really satisfying to you know, see that kind of reversal. Uh, 
and and the fact that it's a holistic approach. We're not interested in looking backward and punishing for a crime. We're looking forward to see how we can approaching it as if we have a problem and how can we solve it and say, you know, what's better for the offender, what's better for the community. And it's such a refreshing response as opposed to just concentrating on the punitive. Well, sometimes these uh, offenders just, it, it just seems that they need a nudge in the right direction. You know, yeah. they, they've sort of lost their way and, um, and it doesn't take much. You know, I, I think that just having the focus on them getting some some tutoring or getting some additional supervision, additional guidance, and they're back on, on track and, and doing well. So it, it takes somebody who could really slip down that slope um, into the criminal justice system completely out of it and puts them back into more of a mainstream educational place, which is great. Uh, it, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it is uh, satisfying. I know how much satisfaction uh, uh, you get from it. I remember when your father came out from uh, by the <laughs> retired physician from Detroit. He came out and uh, sat in on a couple of cases where you were the judge. And, and he's a, I mean, I, I love your dad, but he's a pretty tough old guy, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, he was so, uh, I mean, I think he was so impressed by yeah. it. And I, I recall telling him that one of the keys to this is that in many cases that it's the first time that one of these young people, uh, uh, the offender, uh, feel like they're actually heard by somebody who is, we do a lot of work on being, you know, non-judgmental uh, and, you know, clearing your mind and uh, listening to the facts and not coming to conclusions till all the evidence is in. And along the road, many of these kids, all of a sudden, it uh, like a light bulb goes off. These people really care about me. These people are really interested and what I have to say, and in a lot of cases, that's a very rare uh, uh, experience for these young people who frequently hear nothing but negative stuff. They just keep getting beat down and beat down and beat down. And all of a sudden, they're in this process where, man, these people really care about me. <laughs> just you know it, we shouldn't give the impression that um it's intentional that the kids are beat down a, a lot of times they've single family single parent families multiple kids they, there's just not enough time for the parent to really effectively interact with the kid and so their voice isn't heard and they act out to try to get um, to a place where, and I don't think they even really know they're doing it, but they, you know, they, when they find a place where somebody will listen to them, um, it's very gratifying. Yeah. And it, it also to me, I obviously work with more of the student volunteers. That, that 
was my function as uh, most recently as a consultant to school districts. And, you know, uh, uh, having uh, options that they're unaware of, uh, you know, taking a look at, you know, they'll ask questions like, you know, what do you plan to do with your life? And, you know, I have no plans, you know, like what, what's going to happen is going to happen. Like it's ordained. We don't know what it is, but it's the way it is. And in that case, often the kids will require them to say, you know, pick three things that you think you'd like to do with your life and then write a paper on what you have to do in order to qualify for that type of job. And, you know, next thing you know, they're into something, uh, uh, many of them. And then from the student perspective, I recall after a case last year, uh, you and I were outside talking um, uh, after, I think we had two cases after the second case. And one of the young girls came out, a juror, who had started in the program a couple years before. She was absolutely shy as can be. And over the, over the time, taking a leading role in the teen court process, she was sharp as a tack, um, finding her voice and gaining you know, self-confidence. And she came out and she told us that she just got a full ride scholarship to Stanford University. And, you know, I can remember because you had seen her over the three years. You've seen how she grew and what kind of potential she had. You know, when she started, she was thinking about two years of uh, community college and getting good grades and transferring to San Diego State. And that was her, like, horizon. Uh, uh, and I believe that this process had a whole lot to do with opening her uh, world to things that she had just never thought of before. And a lot of things happened to contribute to that, but I'd like to thank that the teen court and the, that she was one of the advocates you're, dealing with the legislature. Your mentoring certainly did a lot in that direction as well. You know, well, I, yeah. having, having an adult figure is not just the, uh, I'm here to get my paycheck teacher uh, who really cares about the kids involved with them makes a huge difference and, yeah. and you've done that for many years now which is amazing well, and and uh, you know the volunteers <laughs> see you know you know knowing these kids know that uh you know you're an successful a successful attorney uh, uh you could be uh, you know on these evenings when you're serving as a volunteer judge you you know, within uh, the realm of possibility, have a choice to be anywhere and uh, do anything you want to do on a, you know, Tuesday night. Yet you're, you know, for 12 years, you're, you know, you're there. Uh, um, uh, uh, what, you donate to a, typically one or two nights a month to the teen court. 
depending on our volume of cases. But uh, just, uh, again, all the adults who are in the system uh, are very positive role models. And, you know, I wish I had a whole bunch more like you. You are the, in my mind, uh, the king of all of the volunteer judges in the closing comments. You know, we always tell them, you know, I hope this is the last time that you're ever uh, appear in court as a defendant in a criminal case. But you always take that to uh, the next level and then beyond about what the impact and uh, talking to them about how they're you know, at a crossroads and, uh, you know, I just love the way you finish a case. There's nobody finishes a case like you do. And especially. You know, as a, as a prosecutor, I've seen kids just a little bit older than this who are sentenced to, um, to jail and to, you know, serious um, consequences you know, um, distraught because they're losing their military uh, availability because they're getting convicted of a crime. Um, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's terrible to see uh, young people who are put into, um, into the system because it just gets worse and worse. You know, they don't, they don't go to jail and come out saying, Wow, I'm so much better. <laughs> I'm going to go to school now, and I'm going to, I'm going to be a better person. It, it, it typically doesn't work that way. It works out just the opposite. They learn more connections in terms of criminal activity, and um, it's not a positive way to go. So, having an opportunity to kind of to tell these these young people, hey, look at you know. You can choose which way you're going to go. <laughs> you can decide how you want your life to be and, and make it so. Uh, that's that's very powerful. And again, for those who don't know a lot about teen court, there is the information on the resource page. But um, uh, when you talk about how their life could go, we know um you know, numbers just, they don't seem to lie. I mean, in any particular case, they might not make a lot of difference. But we know that the first conviction puts you in the system. And once you're in the system, you're seven times more likely to find yourself in prison than if you're not. Just because of, you know, the first thing, what do they do if you're pulled over for, um uh, whatever, uh, or stopped for whatever, the first thing they do. Yeah, the broken tail light. Um, uh, yeah, and that's, well, probably a topic for another case because we have a lot of uh, uh, wonderful police officers and, officers and then we have a few who just throw the book at these kids. I mean, they'll turn, uh, you know, a kid uh, hanging out at 10:15 at the uh, in the parking lot of the local drive-through, and um, uh, they're in violation of uh, probation or in violation of curfew, 
And before you know it, they end up with a, uh, a list of charges that uh, make them look like public enemy number one, resisting arrest, uh, uh, lewd behavior, you know, <laughs> loitering, all these, you know, uh, it, it's just really, um, uh, you know, a system that needs a lot of reform. Um, uh, so I, I, I take it and I hope that you, uh, once we get off of this COVID pause, that uh, you'll be back on the bench where you belong. Oh, thank you. I will. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. Uh, it is wonderful. Just for the record, Warren is one of the most generous people with his uh, time and treasure that I've ever known. He's the first uh, volunteer for anything going on in the community. I, uh, you know, quite frequently you make me feel very lazy. COVID, <laughs> um, I've had a very nice break. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting ready to, you know, go crazy. Um, if it wasn't for this podcast, I'd probably be in some mental hospital by now. I, uh, it's a real problem. Kids are kids are having a terrible time right now, not being able to go to school. Oh, it's it's horrible. I've tried to do some virtual lecturing, and it just it's just not. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lost year as far as I'm concerned for, unfortunately, most of these kids. Yeah, uh, it's really, it's, it's really a shame. It's devastating. Though. Hopefully yeah. we'll be able to get back to it soon. Yeah, and I hope that the schools get some money so that they can, A, do it safely and B, do it better. Because um, there's always, always room for uh, improvement and I happen to think restorative justice, uh, not only in the team court context, but in the restorative practice context, is uh, one of the uh, a primary way to make the whole experience more meaningful and valuable, uh, you know, to the kids. Well, and just uh, having that as an idea in people's minds, you know, we talk about the police and enforcement and um, it, I think that having community police officers is very important, moving in the direction of having them be really advocates for uh, the citizens and the, the youth rather than the enemy. Um, it's hard to move in that direction, but it's a, it would be nice to see yeah. it. Yeah, I've done some training of uh, school police. Because at Crawford High School, uh, when I first started volunteering there and then went to work there, uh, there was one and one third, that's full FTE, full-time employees uh, um, at the school who were, you know, school police. Um, you know, here we are now 10 years later, and I believe that they are down to one third of one. That's great. FTE for, it's, not, it's not because the population has gotten any easier to deal with. No, but the way the population is treated by the adults 
and by their fellow students, which I think has a lot to do with restorative practices, uh, it does. And the fact of the matter is, as I understand it, uh, uh, police officer is uh, like a stranger. Uh, you know, he's not rarely needed uh, as opposed to needing a full-time plus help uh, to begin with. I think that's an objective sign that it can work. And I was so proud of students, and I believe some of whom I'm trained, although I really don't, you know, it's, it was, um, I had no involvement in it. Um, um, they, uh, about 300, uh, uh, motivated solely by themselves, marched on the, uh, the San Diego Unified uh, board meeting uh, with signs saying, uh, more restorative justice, less police. Uh, and this is the kids on their own. I mean, they see the value and, uh, uh, the, you know, those who get involved and it's a wonderful thing to do. So any of you who are interested, you can contact me if you'd like to volunteer. Uh, don't have to be a judge or a lawyer to uh, uh, do it. There's lots of uh, help needed. Uh, on the front end with uh, very important with the intake um, and uh, you know signing the documents, explaining the program to the legal guardian uh, and the offender. Um, after uh, following up, we have, uh, uh, we call them case managers, a couple of the kids tie up with the offender once he uh, or she has accepted the verdict and works with them afterwards, developing a plan, uh, helping them with uh, reflections or research papers or uh, making sure they're getting to and uh, doing the proper things at community service. So it's a whole process that uh, well, the trial is uh, uh, the key. Um, a lot of help is needed both on the front end and the back end of the process. And just anybody who's interested can easily be trained and work with these folks. I would strongly, strongly encourage people to get involved. It's, it's wonderful to see how it changes the environment, changes the kids. Um, this is one of those things that's very valuable. It's good to be part of the spread of it and the movement towards social justice. It's great. Just get involved. Great. Well, Warren, I will see you. Warren is a member of uh, uh, our uh, Saturday morning coffee group, which started about 20 years ago with my daughter who was uh, just graduated from Colorado, was waiting for uh, her entry into the Peace Corps. So she had a few months and she came home and she got a job as a barista in a specialty coffee house. And so I'd start every day at about 6.30, leave her a big tip to you know, give her a positive attitude for the day. And then she would say, hey, you've got to meet this guy you'd really like him. you got to meet this guy. They're coming at nine o'clock on Saturday morning. And it's turned out to be one of the highlights of my life. 
I mean, I just love our group. And, uh, you know, there's 10, to, uh, you know, 18 people that will show up on uh, any given Saturday. Now that we're doing Zoom, it's more like 10. But uh, we have our hardcore, just great guys. And, uh, another indication of what a little bit of effort can do in changing, at least in my life. Like I say, it's a highlight to me. Um, I sort of like feel like at school. If I can't make it, I got to have a legitimate excuse. And uh, <laughs> in any solve, event, solve the world's problems every Saturday. Yes. Oh, if, if they would just listen to us, what a great place this would be. All right. Well, Warren, I thank you so much. And once we get back in the groove, I'll have you come back. We have some new ideas uh, to enhance this team court experience and can't wait to uh, get them implemented. So I know you're busy and I thank you for your time. And I'll see you at coffee on Saturday. See you then. Keep up the great work, Steve. Oh, thank you. Take, Take care. care.